Hello there! It's Friday, which means it's time once- I just looked at your face on the camera there and it threw me off because it- Anthony was made for the, for the audio listener. Anthony was making a funny face then. Uh, it's Friday, did I say that bit already? Uh, which means it's time, once again, for the best movie podcast ever. Uh, it's the only movie podcast that offers objective and hyperbole-free discussion of every movie in the known universe. I am your host, the podcaster with no name, Conrad, and with me as always, this show is his cross to bear. It's Anthony James. <laughs> Gucci! Hi, Conrad, how are you? <laughs> Thought I'd get the oh, teenage mode here. Lovely. That... <laughs> no movie has made me feel simultaneously more nostalgic and older than uh, or more nostalgic and more out of touch with the youth of today than the movie we're going to talk about <laughs> in a minute. Really well, did. I work with the youth of today, so I, I I stayed in touch to a certain point. But I'm not even I'm not going to be crazy and say that I'm fully in touch. I mean, TikTok is yet is something that I have yet yet to go into. So um, okay, I'm well, Zo- a little Zoom bit more new, but still. <laughs> Zoom is in the comments. Get get in touch. Let Anthony know. Uh, give Anthony like a test of his uh, of his youth status because you've heard it here first. I'll um, pass yeah, we're here to talk about uh, Turning Red, the new Pixar movie. Oh, yeah. That's what we're doing today. Uh, and it's we're gonna have to do some some preamble because there's been a whole bunch of stuff about this movie uh, that has that has come up over the last over the last couple of weeks. A whole bunch of chatter, not all of it good. So I say let's talk about some gosh darn movies. Let's do it. Movies. One of them got made this week. Actually, a lot of them got made this week um yep. but this one in particular is the one we're talking about so turning red it's a pixar movie is the latest mm-hmm. pixar movie in what feels like a long line to be released straight to uh disney plus i think it's the third in a row actually after soul and luca that didn't yeah get it is releases yeah. uh, they went straight to disney plus um and i think uh it's the first of two pixar releases that are slated for this year with light year i think it's still year. supposed to come out in 2022 <laughs> We'll see if that gets a theatrical release or not. At present, it's still supposed to, but I put my house on it, which I do. Not, I don't own a house, so don't, don't hold me to that. Okay, well, you might do at some point soon. Very, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. But <laughs> and I'm not making that comment. Once words. I own a house, I won't make that comment. <laughs> okay, I, I think mm, I think retroactively it means it affects houses that you purchase <laughs> after the fact. So, turning red, we are going to talk about this movie, but I think something needs to be addressed first yeah. because I have seen. And I don't like doing this because I believe all movies are movies. Yeah. yeah, movies are movies, or any kind of work of creative art should be addressed, you know, on its own terms. You, you, you can look at the context in which it's made, but you need to look at the thing that has been made um, and judge. But you're not it on arguing that. for freedom of speech, are you, Conrad? I think freedom of speech, and you can quote <laughs> you can quote me on this, listener, is a good thing. All right, I think yeah, yeah. I th- I'm pro freedom of speech, yeah. but. Freedom of speech does not mean that people can engage in bad faith arguments about movies, which is what Turning Red has seen a bunch of on the internet in the last couple of weeks. Um, oh I yeah, no, hundred percent. I was I was saying that uh, the people who are saying that this film shouldn't be made or shouldn't oh, be aired, yeah. they're the ones who are complaining about freedom of speech. Yes, no, absolutely. But what well, I mean, it is partially that, but it's also just there's a lot of people who, when the main character of a movie and the s- sort of the 
dressing of the story it's telling isn't based in kind of a white western perspective masculine perspective and and masculine perspective as well absolutely Mm -hmm. they pigeonhole it as a niche thing that they couldn't possibly identify with which (laughs) is outrageous to have that opinion in the year of our lord 2022 as far as i'm concerned because it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna say right now, Turning Red is not a complicated movie. It's about no. a it's about a young girl who has some issues with living up to her parents' expectations and has to balance the role that her parents see her occupying with the role that she wants to live in her life with her friends. As she starts to go through changes yeah, as, due as to she, puberty. You know, yeah. As she goes through puberty. It's not something that is unique to uh, Chinese Canadian girls in the in the early two thousands, late nineties, when mm-hmm. this movie is set. But there have been a number of critics who, for whatever reason, have chosen to adopt the line that because that is the the lens through which we see these life experiences, Mm -hmm. it can't possibly speak to them as people who aren't from that background, which really annoyed me. It really riled me up. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you like I don't have to say anything more than this, Conrad. But let me say that I'll just say this: I took a lot of uh I, I empathized a lot with the characters in the sandlot right the sandlot kids mm. yep never played baseball in my life not once <laughs> yeah. it's it's not part of my life i don't know how you did it the american pastime i'm not american yeah. i never i've been to america once uh, i've enjoyed my time there uh certain aspects of it yeah but it's not something that i have partaken in but having I, said that i was able to pass that cultural yeah. boundary conrad i i have never been an archaeologist in the 1930s st- going through tombs uh to find artifacts before the nazis get their hands on it but i can still find something in indiana jones <laughs> to enjoy somehow some way i can do it it's amazing don't, don't get me started on the seven samurai yeah <laughs> don't get me. it just shouldn't uh, be made yeah okay <laughs> who's who cares they was a yeah. hundred years ago um well, so, I think there yeah. was also there was also people Conrad arguing that uh, it wasn't appropriate for children. Um, oh, what I what I say to those people, okay. Now, obviously, it, it deals with puberty. It deals with women, uh, uh, girls starting to men straight. It's, it deals with all these issues. And you know what mm. the thing is, fifty percent of the world goes through these things. If you want to shield it from a hundred percent of the children, I was gonna... <laughs> this is this is pretty bad. Like at least the fifty percent who are going through it should be shown it. Yeah. I'm of the belief that the other 50% should also be educated on it as well. Having said that, Conrad, the thing is, I've never, I've had a lot of, a lot of parents complaining about my child shouldn't be able to watch this. This is inappropriate. This is blah blah blah. I'll draw your attention. I will draw your attention to a little thing called a rating, Conrad. Mm. This film is rated nine plus on Disney Plus. Nine yeah. plus. If you are on the internet complaining that you don't want your nine plus your old child watching this then you are unfortunately not very progressive i'll be very nice not very (laughs) progressive you for some reason want to stifle uh femininity you want to stifle problem uh problems that women face i don't know why uh maybe it's a it's it's a heteronormativity within you but what i'll say conrad is if you are complaining and your child is less than nine then you're just an idiot i'm sorry you are yeah but I mean, also, like kids younger than nine can learn about periods. It's fine. It's not gonna like. Listen, my son is three. He, my son is three. He loves this film. Yeah. I, I, um, it's, it's not. It's not inappropriate for any age, in my opinion. Having said that, maybe the the the, the monster movie it turns into is maybe a bit frightening for very small children. But uh, my yeah. son loves it. Um, but but the rating is there, Conrad. So even if you were gonna complain and say it's inappropriate for a six-year-old, that's also what Disney thinks. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I 100% agree with you. And I, I will also say, um, I when you said that 50% of the world goes through these problems, um, I'd like to take this moment to uh, very, very tongue-in-cheek make an incredibly inappropriate joke and say 50% of the world goes through these problems and the other 50% have to put up with them. Am I right, fellas? Oh, they, they come, this is the thing. You are okay, treading okay. the line right now. You are <laughs> I'm weaving the... around the line because yeah. I know it's all done with irony in mind. Yeah, yeah. This is the thing: is people listening to this film, <laughs> uh, listening to this podcast, who hated this film because of the, uh, the the puberty aspects of it, are now thinking to themselves: you know what? With that little that little sexist joke there, I think I'm on board with the film now. A little jab. <laughs> this is, I'm keeping you I'm bring keeping it to the sexists on board. That's how you hit that mainstream uh, market is by appealing to the nightmare people. That's it's, my stuff. It's like what Will Smith said in the film Hitch, the classic Hitch. I've, you go I've 90%. You go 90%, let them come the other 10 Okay, so I'm making the sexist come the other 10% by dangling out the sexist joke for them there. Um, Exactly. Okay, so let's talk about Turning Red then. Let's talk about it as a movie and not worry about what other people are saying because as it turns out, it's going to be a shock, I know, to hear this, but a lot of people on the internet are fucking stupid. It's sad, but it's true. Notwithstanding, I'm not saying that we don't fall into that category either. Oh, I am. I just made a sexist joke. A follow a, like immediately after you going on a very <laughs> yeah. very well spoken uh, defense of the, the 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 themes of like you know female awakening in this movie. So you know who am I to judge? This is a movie uh, directed by Domi Shi, who has been part of the Pixar creative team for uh, I think at least the last ten years. She worked on Luca Soul on what she did, yeah. But so but she was part of the so the way Pixar seems to know, work they promote is, within don't they yeah they have but they have like a sort of team of creative heads and they basically when it comes time to make a new project they get their their creative heads to like pitch ideas and then they kind of elevate one of them to the position of director and yeah. then they'll go back down into sort of this creative um this creative committee to support each other in making them and domi she has worked on toy story 4 onward soul luca she's got a, a wonderful wonderful um uh what's the word i'm looking for resume curriculum vitae if you're european (laughs) or latin um which would also be european um and it was it was written by uh domi she with uh, help from julia cho both at pixar and it stars uh uh, rosalie chiang sandra oh and um i wrote down james hong it doesn't really star him but i love when james hong shows up in things uh i'll always he's the old priest guy in this yeah he's like the all the all-knowing guy isn't he yeah yeah i always know him as lopan from big trouble in little china but he's been in so much stuff i've seen him Uh, in a lot of stuff yeah yeah you will have done um and basically it tells the story of a young girl called mei lin who's a she's a young chinese canadian girl uh whose family live in toronto and she discovers that she has inherited a family curse that when she experiences states of high emotion it turns her into a literal giant red panda and it's mm-hmm. it's pretty obviously at least a partial metaphor for going through uh, menstruation and, and puberty and you know mm-hmm. becoming a becoming a woman um and the story is essentially that she has to sort of navigate her family life including the the expectations that her mum and dad more her mum than her dad but but both mm-hmm. of them to some extent uh place on her uh, because she needs to uh, go through a ritual that will remove the curse. Uh, but she also wants to enjoy her school life. And the ticking clock of this movie is, of course, that she needs to stay calm because she's got to keep everything contained until they can perform the ritual to end the curse. Yeah. But the boy band Four Town are coming <laughs> yeah, to Yeah, but there's five of them. There's five of them in There Four is Town. five of them, but they're called Four yeah. Town for whatever reason. Um, Music done by Billie Eilish and her uh, brother Phineas. Yes, it is. We should, uh, we'll get or into Phineas Four and Town. Ferb fame. 
Yes, exactly. Yeah, I didn't know that until literally, a, literally like a week ago. That that's that that's who that is. His, but... yeah, his name, yeah, Phineas. Yeah. He's 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 really he is like he writes all the stuff with Billie Eilish, and then Billie mm. Eilish goes on to uh, to do to, their brother and sister. I think actually, I think that their parents might be very rich or very famous or something. I think so, so like from yeah. the age of like ten, they've had every bit of studio equipment they ever needed or something. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember not not to you know diminish her success because yeah, I can certainly can do what she does or what mm. they do even with all the money in the world. But uh, I do remember reading something that I think Billie Eilish is from a fairly privileged background. Um, yeah. But uh, but yes, yeah, so music by them. Four Town. Okay, I'm just gonna start with Four Town because it's one of my <laughs> yeah. favorite things about this movie. When you have a fictional band in your movie, it's very hard to make songs that sound like, oh, that's actually like a good pop song that I could see yeah, yeah, yeah. being Nobody a thing. I think they nail it. I think yeah, yeah. they nail it in this one. I was like, this Four Town, they're all right. I, I'd listen to a Four Town album. Like, I'm not going to do the chanting because maybe it'll come across as very inappropriate. But at the end, when they're chanting in Chinese yeah. with the song going as well, yeah. it just works so well. And it was like, this is. Yeah, it's like the end of West Side Story where all the songs come together. It's like, oh, this is, this is beautifully written. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so a Four Town, I, I love the. So the, 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 the thing that the things that I really like about Turning Red are the kind of. The, the way it's kind of like lovingly rendered from Domi Shi's memory, I think. And and the, mm, yeah. the relation... Cheese. Yeah, like, I, I mean, not just... All the uh, details. Yeah, the, the sort of de- details, the nostalgic elements I really like. But I think it's more like how real her relationship with her friends feels and yes. how real her infatuation with Four Town feels. Like the way that, that, that they can... That there's like... It, it puts me back in mind of when I was like 15 years old and do you remember the band Five? Very oh, similar to Four Town. If you're getting that, yeah, I do. Oh, I remember. Yeah. Uh, absolutely, yeah. I, I want, Who was your favourite? Who was your favourite? Uh, abs. I liked Abs. Oh, Abs, he was good. Yeah, he was but good. I liked Jay as well. Jay was the rap. Well, uh, Jay, Jay and uh, Abs would both rap. And so I, I think Jay, Jay was my favourite, actually. Yeah, Jay, was Jay, like was the, 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 Jay was the one who may have been like 30 when that band was He looked good. like he, he could go a few rounds, Jay. Yeah, he yeah, definitely he, could. He, he was like a brickie in his spare time and then <laughs> yeah, yeah. turned up to rap. But um, I remember a conversation I had with my friends because we were like, you know, we were into boy, like some boy bands and five were, were a fairly cool one. And he just described there's a member of five called scott who no one will remember the name of because he was one of those members know. of the band you know yeah. every boy band has him one of like, the background yeah, one yeah. of the background guys and my friend described scott as having a sort of tangy voice and and, and this movie <laughs> put me back in mind of those kind of discussions where you yeah. go into in intricate detail the the singing styles and the mannerisms and the appearance of people that you couldn't possibly care about in adult life it's before it's before uh like boy bands and girl bands were ruined by talent shows well i i I, maybe we're just too old for it i don't know if they were really yeah well one direction was really huge weren't they so yeah they're still about boy bands are still about absolutely but but it, it the the way that Domi Shi kind of realizes that infatuation with a musical act, I think, is perfect. I think it's yeah. perfectly done, um, and and it really really works for me. Um, how how did you find like I, I've already kind of said it's a pretty simple story. This tells, to be yeah. honest. How how did you find it in 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 general? Like what uh, did you respond at all to it? I did, yes. The thing I really enjoyed this film, actually, and I think that uh, 
the thing that surprised me was just how funny it is. Mm. I it's it's a genuinely hilarious film, and I think part of maybe the reason why I was laughing as well, like I found even sort of more endearing and more funny, was I was watching it with my wife, and she couldn't stop laughing at this movie because, and I've talked to other other women since then. Apparently, this is a perfect uh, demonstration of what it's like to be a 12, 13 year old girl, and yeah. this and this. Is is unfortunately in the year 2022, it's not actually something that I've seen much on screen. Yeah. Of just like it's like what uh, well, it's the... because you can't possibly associate with it. Anthony. Yeah. There's no yeah, way. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's um, no way for you to understand these issues. If it doesn't have Jonah Hill in it, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, and Seth Rogen. <laughs> yeah, Seth Rogen. Yeah. <laughs> There's only men I can I can I can think I am I am like them. Uh, but, but but no, my point is is that um, it, the w- women seem to be finding some sort of uh, some point of empathy here. Yeah, and, and and I think that it's really interesting because um, I had a point there and I can't remember what it was. But yeah, but I I, I thought it was really really funny. Um, I think that the the main storyline of like the mother and the daughter um, worked well for me. I think mm. that. It sort of put me in mind a little bit, I suppose, as well of Brave. They've done this story yeah, a little bit, a little bit with Brave. I know that there was, I didn't even when I said that I didn't even mean to, to say that there's a changing animal in that, um, you know, because there isn't Brave as well. But I didn't even mean that. I mean this the relationship in general. Yeah. Um, I th- I think it's very interesting that uh, not to go back to it just for a split second that everyone's complaining about the inappropriateness of the message of uh, menstruation and things in this, whenever the point of the story is to uh have that uh that may doesn't want to hide the fact that she has these things in her life when the rest of her older female relatives have been forced by society or by older members of their family to sort of pretend that they don't have this thing i just thought that was an interesting point that i wanted to put out there the whole point of the film is to criticize uh, the attitude that people are having towards the film. Uh, anyway, yeah. Well, um, I mean, not just as far. I think it's not just as far as like menstruation goes, but as I think that's the bit that's more, perhaps more focused on the the sort of Chinese Canadian upbringing is like this idea of putting your family first and and sort of subduing that more definitely yeah definitely kind of free spirited side of yourself. But um, yeah, I mean, this is a by all accounts a pretty uh, semi biographical movie um, from Domi Chi's ex- uh, Domi Chi's experience growing up. Uh, obviously without the red panda bit or maybe with that i don't know i don't <laughs> maybe know with that yeah. i mean all i'll say i've not laughed ha- harder at a film in a while whenever she looked i didn't see a trailer for this film and so when she looked out the window of the classroom i've since seen a trailer since i've seen it <laughs> oh, and her mom and was, her mom was behind yeah. the tree spying that was her. great yeah also was... i will say as well whenever she her mom finds her that she's like started drawing pictures of the guy in the shop like the yeah. local store which the guy with like the hat and the necklace you know she starts drawing him and then she's like under her bed she's drawing him and sweating and stuff yeah. and i thought to, and i and then then whenever she finds the uh the, the drawings and the mom goes to the store yeah. and like says what have you been doing to my daughter that whole time my wife Emma was just sitting there going this is this must be a dream sequence this must be a dream sequence there's no way this mom is doing this i was like yeah. Emma this is happening i don't know this what to tell you this is this is real She's from here on out this in this film this mother did this to this girl yeah. <laughs> that's trauma that's traumatizing so, i'm glad you brought that up i think because um i i've so there's there's two things that i really want to mention which kind of uh, ruin my own credibility but i think it's an important point to make which is that about half an hour into this movie i was not sure about it because i was kind of like okay young girl doesn't really want to live up to family expectations kind of wants to go her own way 
we've done this dance before Pixar come <laughs> yeah. on like I was I, I was a bit like you know I like the way it's being presented but I'm a bit bored by this uh, or not no but that's not right I wasn't bored but I was kind of like I'm not really grabbed by this yeah. um and then when the uh, store clerk turned up and I was like oh is this going to be like the inevitable like kind of romance that's gonna or like sort of semi-romance that's gonna happen and then it just doesn't do that for a start so it's no, it it like not only is it not a romance but it's like kind of played for laughs that she's because she's going through puberty and she's obviously becoming like this sort of bundle of hormones mm-hmm. she is uh infatuated she becomes infatuated with this boy who is like he he's like a check not not to make fun of cashiers in yeah. convenience stores but he's like an 18 year old cashier in a convenience store who is like not at all eloquent or good looking he's just a boy who happens to be close and it's like okay that's great so they've just like completely pulled the rug out from under me with that and then the thing that really brought me around on the kind of central relationships that are pretty well-worn territory for animation definitely and for pixar even Mm -hmm. specifically is uh as you've kind of said that, that those performances of like rosalie chang as the the lead Maylin and sandra oh as her mum ming i thought they were great i thought they were really really funny and they, mm-hmm. they they got found a lot of a lot of sentimentality in their performances as well and then the other thing i loved is just like there's a real sense of like style to this mm-hmm. movie that i haven't yeah. seen from pixar before where just to give like an example they'll be like walking down the street and then suddenly they'll like do a pose and the background will do like a kind of like anime style thing where it will turn to this like abstract of uh, painting yeah yeah, like a painting like lots of colors and shapes and i haven't really seen pixar experiment with stuff like that before but it really stuck out to me as like okay there's some really interesting like aesthetic stuff you're going for here yeah i think they were like trying to sort of lean into the idea that the narrator narrator of the film is a is a 12 13 year old girl um so therefore they had like like the film opened with her talking to the camera which yeah. doesn't doesn't happen in pixar films no, as well no not at all yeah so i think yeah those stylistic things they definitely were trying to channel the voice of the character they were telling and based on i watched a little documentary as well that was on disney plus about it there's like a 50 minute making of documentary mm. and um and like a number of the uh, the key uh, creatives and the top team for it like the like the um pr- like the production designer is also asian um, i i i think she's chinese but i'm not i might be mistaken on that mm. um but she's asian american anyway and uh and so they're all drawing on these 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 things and i and i think to myself that they can, I can really tell in the way that the film's made that they've been that girl. You know what I mean? They've been that girl yeah. and therefore they're, they're, they're sort of speaking through their 13-year-old voice, you know? And I, I thought that was really well done. And, yeah. and it is a different way for Pixar. And maybe in the future, as they get sort of more new creatives on board for making films, we'll start to see more experimentation like that. Yeah, I hope so. Um, yeah, and, and just to um, confirm what you what you just said, so the, the creative team for this was actually um, all women... Um, and yeah. I, I can't remember how many exactly it was, but there were a significant number of like a- Asian Americans or Asian Canadians um, yeah. on the on the creative team as well. So yeah, I, I think you can absolutely feel those voices coming through in this. Which mm-hmm. again, I like. I kind of hate doing this because it's it's not talking about the thing; it's talking about the kind of context around it. But I think it's yeah, important yeah. when people are kind of pushing back on that context for some reason to say this is why representation is important because it allows th- it allows good things to be made that that wouldn't perhaps have otherwise been made because we like we open up space for people to say mm-hmm. like oh well the, you know this is my story let me tell it to you in a way that appeals to everyone regardless of what some idiot at deadspin or whatever it was uh, might think 
Yeah, and I suppose you know, like that that argument about representation is so stupid. Like, and, and it is. Yeah, I, I, I know. Like, I don't understand. It's like I, I don't understand how people don't don't get the idea that if one type of person has dominated a space, that mm. there has to be at the beginning of being more diverse a forcing of that diversity. Yeah. Uh, not, I mean, we, and we've that, been left up to our own devices for 100 years yeah. in movies now. We've proven we can't do it, folks. We've yeah. we've, we've proven we're not going to do it. So, you know. And unfortunately, what these people don't realize is when you say, okay, we're making a film, uh, we're going to give... It's not like they make, they come up with the idea from the film and then they went, we got to find a Chinese director. Yeah. They gave the Chinese creative... Chinese uh, Canadian creative person, the director, a chance to come up with an idea. Yeah. And this is the idea they came up with. Now, the problem is, is that when people see that, they say, well, they've got to have their, they've got to ha- meet the Chinese quota. Unfortunately yeah. with that, there is an innate, you know, there is a built-in, uh, under, like, sort of underlying opinion there that they went to a lesser qualified person. Yeah. Whereas that is ridiculous. There's this like fictional white man who who would have got this job if only it weren't for these bloody criteria. Whereas, unfortunately, they're making the opposite point because because they're only letting one Chinese director have a film, then that is the best one. And Mm. therefore, they are far better than any of the -the run-of-the-mill white men they would have got because they would have been the 200th on the list. They've They've got the one. You know what I mean? And, and to say nothing of this idea that in order for representation to happen, it has to be of the very best quality. Like, that criteria oh, doesn't exist for white guys. Like, you know, there are plenty no, yeah. of fucking shit movies made by white guys, I promise you. How um, many how many white male directors are still making films ba- like when they, they haven't made a good... Tim, Tim Burton. <laughs> like, yeah, we'll talk about yeah, him next exactly. week. We'll talk about him next week. Yeah. Uh, hey, well, why yeah. is he still getting money for films? Like, yeah. why is he still getting money Absolutely. for films? Absolutely. Just coasting along on the inertia of his career. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so going back to, to Turning Red then. So um, I, I I think the, the twin um, uh, ticking clocks of her this ritual coming round where concert, where her yeah. her like old relatives and like the kind of the the uh kind of squad of of old relatives are summoned from somewhere else to to come mm-hmm. in for the ritual uh meanwhile she's going through the kind of the the they do it really quickly but the kind of friends have got to get make some money to you know get tickets for the for the concert because they can't afford to they can't afford I prefer to, to describe it the way they did Hustling the panda. Yeah, hus- yeah, exactly. They're <laughs> hustling the panda, um, which is just great. It's just great, and it, like it gives the film like a real levity and a real pace. And then, I, I you said that this moment might or this scene might be a bit scary for for under nines, which I, I I'm not a parent. So no, no, I've... very young children. I don't. Yeah. Like no, I don't think so. I think but, I think it's a basically if your child is three, judge it. My child yeah. is, is thinks it's good. He's three. He loves it. Okay, but I mean it's. I love the ending because it turns into yeah. like a kaiju movie for a little bit. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. just there's just a straight up giant red panda fight at the end of this, and it's. I animated. told you she was big. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's great, and it's like animated like an episode of Dragon Ball Z with like power lines coming off. Yeah. It's it was I, at the end of this movie. I was like, this kind of rips, to be honest. Like this is this is the best. I, I'm trying to think of other Pixar movies that have had action sequences uh, that are. You know, I mean, it's not you know, it's not people like cutting each other in half like Dragon Ball Z, mm-hmm. obviously, but it's like you know, there's some straight up fighting in it to a certain extent, and I, I'm trying to think yeah. of other Pixar movies that have really had that. Oh, fighting! Well, obviously, Brave had like sword fighting. And, yeah, I guess like, Brave um, did. Yeah. Um, um. What else? Yeah, like 
there's been some rough and tumbles in Toy Story, I suppose, but uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, over the true. over the years, yeah, um, that's true. But they get into some scrapes, those boys. Yeah, uh, racing is also a version of a fight in in cars, of course. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't count it. I don't. Although I've never seen Cars because it, it, it I, I, for some reason it came out. Um, and I assumed it wasn't Pixar, and I've never been able to shake from my head that it's like a second-rate animation. <laughs> as a result, it, no, no, no. It, it like like there's Pixar films, and then there's Cars. Cars is there's like there's like watch the first one. If it does nothing for you, don't watch anymore. The okay. second car, the second Cars film is the worst Pixar film of all time. Okay, that's good. Is that the one with? Uh, is it Antonio Banderas as like a spy car? Yes, I think it is. They go to like Europe or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. that sounds right. Um, yeah, okay. Well, I'll avo- continue to avoid both of those movies. Then sounds like I've made the right choice. Well, there's three of them. There's three of them. Uh, there's, then, then there's di- three. Bloody and man. then then Disney got into the cash cow as well, and they made a spin-off called Planes, um, which is not Pixar related. But um, well, I don't I think we'll be getting so, yeah. a sequel to this. <laughs> I think <laughs> no, no, no. no. Um, but what what I'll say right is. Um, there's a character in this film who I was up on, up and down on, and then at the end he really sort of kicked into gear and was like, you know, running around with the football field chalker, and that's mm. the dad. Now yeah. the dad, he's a lovely cook, he, very, very he uh, romantically shot cooking scenes with him. Yeah. Um, one thing I'll say, and this is something that happens quite a lot in films, um, and I suppose it's a it's a specific choice here because they're sort of letting the women have the have the forefront. Um, I would like to know, though, a lot of the time when I watch films based in a different culture than my own, a lot of the time when the women are the lead, the man is just sort of like a pudgy to the side sort of puppy dog of a man. Yeah. Right? You'll get a scene where he tells the daughter that he loves her, but that's like the only characterization they'll ever get in the whole movie. Yeah. And this does happen in uh, in Western films too, Mm. in Western sort of cultural films you know like yeah, one yeah. set in america with american people it does happen there too where you have like the 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 mother is the main parent character and then you have like a pudgy now i'm not saying this in support of men and that men should have a bigger role no way no, no way no. give the women Let's give the talk women talk about men for yeah give the women while, the space <laughs> but my point but my point is is that i think that this view of and maybe it's just that the director had a really great relationship with the father i did personally too but my view of the father of the household a lot of the time middle-aged men there's a lot more toxicity than a than a pudgy you know cook who tells his daughter that he loves her and in these in these films based on just like the relationship between the mum and the and, and the daughter i understand that they don't want to go in and give the man too much uh, i understand that yeah. but in real in in, in like <clears throat> more i would imagine that to be more realistic there's more more cases where the man is also being the horrible thing uh and yeah. like you know having all this masculinity and like and like being like like whenever may goes to her mom and has this relationship with her mom the dad's off like you know as a ball of anger and jealousy like mm. a middle-aged man has a lot of emotion going on uh, and i and i i just wonder i just wonder if this film that's why i want to know about other cultures like are these what you have been like because because i feel to myself like i'm like this film really does paint that it's the older women who are who are making her conceal herself. Yeah, and maybe that is the way in the culture that it goes. But in my head, I'm like, I know plenty of middle-aged men who um, would would be all on the side of the mum here, mm. and and I'm just like, why does it paint the older women of families in a negative light when and the, like the, the the men in the families get none of the none of the badness you know what i mean yeah i i, I do know what you mean i think 
in the context of turning red, I think the reasoning is that the the parents are cut, like there's really only room for one proper parent relationship mm-hmm. in this movie, and it's with her mum. And although yeah. she is kind of the source of that kind of toxic um, push to Conceal suppress her, her yeah, you know, suppress, her yeah. what her what her personality actually is. I think if you explored it a bit further, it would be interesting for her dad because her dad kind of just is always just seen as like a nice guy in this movie. When in reality, yeah. there may have been some distance between them. You know, he's always, like always you know working or something like that. That meant that meant his uh, that her mum had all the responsibility of you know doing the sort of parenting. Maybe that's that's why he's just kind yeah. of painted as a nice guy because he wasn't there. But uh, yeah, I, I do know what you mean. Because um, in my it, experience. If the mum is ranting... Now, obviously, this is not about turning red now. But in my experience, if the mum is ranting all the time and a very strong character and going on about, like, and being very racist, even though the dad... Ne- like, in relationships that I've seen in the past where the dad is, like, really nice and, like, very bubbly and, like, sort of the same character is in Turning Red, he holds those beliefs too. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the dad in this is put across as someone who is not like that at all and you know it's a children's film and they were focusing on the mom and daughter as you say and i agree with that but it's just something that in in the context of the movies i'd like to see the toxicity coming from both parents you know yeah no I, I i think i think i know what you mean um but yeah i mean i think that's probably everything that i wanted to say on this i i, I think it's i i enjoyed this movie more than i thought i was going to even about halfway through to be honest yeah. I, I was kind of expecting it to be another in a long line of disney and pixar animation where i've been like that was okay without loving it um but so what if if maylin came in here and said i'm gonna turn into a giant red panda unless you rate this movie out of five stars what would you give it i wouldn't rate it because i want to see the panda Um, that's true i i i subscribe to several twitter accounts that just post pictures of red pandas every hour um and <laughs> let me tell you they're all very good follows um before yeah before I, there's one more thing i want to say i know conrad i always do this to you sorry 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 there's one more Jeez, thing i want to done it mention. again folks <laughs> yeah, i've done it again i'm gonna delay the rating because <laughs> one more thing i wanted to talk about and it's high okay. on my agenda of uh, turning red talking points um okay. and that is the character of priya who is the uh i don't know if it's if she's Indian American or Indian Canadian or Pakistani Canadian or where where her heritage is from, but she's definitely uh, West Asian. Um, she um, has certain moments with another female character in this mm. film, um, and I think it's very interesting because there's definitely hints every now and then, very off to the side, that she may be. Now she also sort of is very into Four Town, so maybe there's uh, you know I don't, I'm not going to. Uh, think about what her, her sexuality might be but there's definitely sort of something going on there yeah absolutely. now this is what's, yeah. what's interesting to me is that about a week before this came out there was like a leak out of out of pixar saying that disney was uh flat out refusing to allow them to include uh scenes of like you know obvious scenes of heterosexual relationships of homosexual that was relationships a, you mean Oh, sorry, yes, homosexual relationships, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, Latinism at Forte. Um, so, uh, but, so, yeah, so homosexual relationships. Mm. So this was leaked out of Pixar about a week before this film came out, and I think this is why. I, I, my, this is my crazy theory. I think there was more to that little storyline with Priya and that girl. Mm. Um, maybe not a huge amount, but maybe just a couple of seconds here and there to show us a bit more of 
what she was thinking and i yeah. think they were told <clears throat> to cut it out last minute that's what i think happened i i think you're absolutely right i think i'd like normally i try like kind of shy away from speculation like this but mm-hmm. with what's going on at disney at the moment with the amount of people um lgbtq people and and, and people who support them who are now coming out and saying yep yeah, they made us cut this stuff from x y and z there mm. there was those there's a story that just leaked about um a same-sex kiss that was for- forcibly cut and has now been reinstated in in light year i almost called it skywalker then that would have been oh, really? a, a freudian slip um there's so skywalker. much evidence yeah that's not the same thing um but there's so much evidence of disney sticking their hands into the creative process to try and turn the knobs to and we i've talked about this a lot um and i don't want to end this on a down note so but we will go back to the rating in a second but there's so much evidence of disney turning their sort of performative representational knob just enough like we'll have a gay character but they'll be in the background or they won't really have any speaking parts or they won't really have a proper storyline but they're there and we can you know we can claim that they're that they're you know that we're we're doing great but when the rubber meets the road and it's time for a creative uh studio like like pixar who is supposed to have autonomy to say we're gonna have a gay character or we're gonna have a bi character or yeah. we're gonna have a um a, a, a non non-cis character or whatever whatever they want to do disney get involved and say nah we're not doing that that's too hot a topic like yeah don't tone it down tone it down a bit um and I, I think it's so interesting to me why can't they why can't they look at the past do you remember do you know how much fuss is made about all these companies that uh star trek had the first uh interracial kiss you mm-hmm. know and all this sort of thing can they not see can they not see that history is going to look poorly on these decisions they're making oh absolutely yeah i, I, know, I mean it's very strange it's 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 incredible it's just completely backwards it's completely backwards and the the most insulting thing about it is that they pretend to be at the forefront of these sort of progressive social mm-hmm. issues when in reality they are an albatross around the neck of these issues they drag them down with their needless mm-hmm. ties to these uh, conservative parties that are like let's pretend gay people don't exist and it's just well i think as well there there has to be something said for i know i don't know perfectly what countries are like what i've never been to china i've never been to india i've never been to Mm. any countries like this but in the news all the time now is things like saying disney kowtowing to the chinese market right yeah now which is really interesting to me based on the 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 themes of this film um and and the culture of this film i don't know I think that's a, I think that's a cop out saying that Disney is just kowtowing to the market and wants it cut because of that. I think that is a uh, cop out which is going to continue to lead to them making the decision. The fact is you need to call them out because if they are doing something which which is uh stopping the pro- the the progression of representation and also just the normalization of uh of of homosexual relationships, if they are stopping that then they are committing homophobic acts, and yeah. I don't. And I don't care if it's because they want more money because uh, China is going to give them more money. They are the one committing that act. They're the one cutting it. So therefore, they should get, they should get the uh, the, the 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 ire, not China. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Hopefully, yeah. China will eventually change. I don't. I'm going to say as well. I don't actually know anything about. China. No, I don't. I don't know enough about what what China's. Yeah, that's just what people are, are like. saying. That's just what yeah. people are saying, and they're sort of giving the the, the executives at Disney. Uh, the out by saying, oh, it's just about money. Just about money. Yeah. No, no it doesn't, I don't care if it's just about money. They're the one who are committing the act of cutting these things. You know? Yeah, I mean, uh, like, 
money uh, this idea that something being more profitable makes it inherently right is Mm. one i see mentioned a lot and i it's just it's nonsense like frankly if you feel the need to censor something about your story or or not even your story but the stories that that the people who work for you want to tell Mm. because it represents a part of normal everyday human life that yeah. you don't happen to want represented then frankly fuck you that's my stance with it like make less money and tell the stories that represent actual human people rather than pretending that certain subsections whether it be gender or sexuality based or, or whatever don't exist because as you've said very very rightly history will not look kindly on the people who are making these decisions now and uh, i think uh, bob chapek and his ilk may not be long or hopefully may not be long for this world working for disney because uh yeah. the yeah the political shitstorm or not political but social shitstorm that this has this has drummed up is significant um but i yeah, yeah I, I don't want to end on a on a dour note because i did really enjoy this movie and i think yeah, it was great it's a good movie in its own right if you it, even if you ignore the sort of the context of everything that's going on around it it's just a good film uh, yep, and it's also it important for those reasons as well so Gun to your head. Red Panda holding a gun to your head. What are you rating turning red? All right, before I say this... Oh, he's done I, it again. I've done it, but, but I, <laughs> no, I, am gonna, I am rating it, though. It's might be relevant to the rating. Yeah, go on. I have a different scale in my head for children's films, okay? Okay. Now, because oh, I am... This is, this is unheard of. It's not really, but I mean, like, sort of... I rate things based on genre as well as just how... You know what I mean? You know what I mean? It's all in one package. I'm going to give it a four star. Uh, okay. And I'm, sh- you know, I, I I thought I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really sort of realistic to the tones it was trying to hit. I enjoyed the main uh, the main relationships within the film, and I thought it was hilarious. I really did. And also, I think Pixar. We didn't really mention it, but Pixar's rendering and like actual um, style that they're going for in terms yeah. of the actual the, the look of the characters and like the sort of just like the tangibility of the world. I just loved oh, it. Yeah. I. I they, like, the animation getting... on that fur. Oh, I remember when like Monsters Inc. came out and everyone was like, look at that fur. And now yeah, yeah, yeah. we're at this level where it's just like, that looks like a real red panda to me. That's yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. It, it's really good. And I, I, they're just, Pixar's always been a, in a, been a company. I know they are a massive corporation and they have the same sways as other corporations, but I've always had a bit of a soft spot for them. I, I have. And, you know, they are, they are, you know, usually you say something is a tumor of something else. It's almost like they are like a good, healthy spot within the tumor that is Disney, and yeah. uh, if only they could break free, uh, the world would be a better place. Yeah, I, I I tend to agree with you, and I I agree with your rating as well. Like I, this was this was tending towards a three star around about the half hour mark for me because I was like, I've, mm-hmm. this is good and competently done, but I've kind of it's kind of not doing anything that I haven't already seen before. But the strength of those central performances uh, by Rosalie Chang and Sandra Oh, uh, the animation, the, mm-hmm. the 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 kind of artistic flair, and and just the love for the the setting and the story uh, yeah. made it a four star for me. I think. Um, so that is going to do it for us this week on the best movie podcast ever which leads us to answer one simple question as we always do and that is Anthony what's your favourite movie this week I haven't done it for a while I'm going to go turn them red you're going to go what what did you just say then turn and red Oh, Turning Red. Okay. You the said film that. we're talking about. <laughs> you said, the reason that confused me was because you said 
you said it like there was an apostrophe at the end of turning rather than a turning, G. Turning red. Turn and yeah, red. Turn, and I was like, red. wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. is, it sounds like a it sounds like a kind of buddy cop movie from the eighties starring um starring like um Burt Reynolds or something. Turn like turn and red. Uh my favourite movie is Dragon Ball Z Resurrection F. Uh I, I watched that fairly <laughs> recently. It's pretty good. Thank you to <laughs> Nancy Wire and Jared Iscariot for the use of our theme song uh, check out links to their stuff down in the description below and thank you to you for listening or watching please consider subscribing if you haven't already with a culture cave on youtube and we're the best movie podcast ever on podcasting apps get involved in the comments let us know what you thought of turning red or whatever you watched this week and we will see you same time same place next week i've never met nobody like you had friends and I've had buddies. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs>